Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. I'm Victor Rubio. Yo soy Natalie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Paquito Espanol, señor. You should be uh, yo soy ratatatnat. <laughs> yo soy ratatatnat. <laughs> I like the way that sounds. Actually, I'm going to go with that. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm Victor Rubio. Yo soy ratatatnat. Uh, with yeah. this is better the first time. <laughs> Um, we are here discussing episode four of season four titled, can I come up now? Um, okay. So I have some stuff to get into just other people and some tidbits from the prior episode. Okay. Anything you'd like to say? I apologize for the last episode. We will never be (laughs) that terrible again. I hope, uh, my contract states that you also owe me an apology for not making it the greatest episode ever. I, I, one day I should write down everything you say your contract states because it, it just <laughs> my contract says dinner tonight I hope you have it ready um, alright so some some uh, uh, work to get out of the way we had Adam who sent you the uh, Seattle pick I know that was so cool of you Adam thank you Adam actually does host a podcast uh, ooh, forgive me if it's his it's his significant other I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend fiance or maybe just his friend <laughs> Um, I think it's, I think it's his wife. It's his wife. Yeah. I hope you're wrong about that. So I I don't look as bad. Well, I looked at, I looked at on his, I got to listen to, I've downloaded him. He does like some foodie stuff. It's really cool. I hadn't, I I told him I was going to listen to it, but I haven't. Uh, his podcast is the Adam and Holly are awesome podcast. They Um, are awesome. They are awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll listen during the week and I'll come back with that. Uh, some tidbits from last episode. We had uh, fan David Green write in. Hey, you know David. Oh, yes. I miss you, David. <laughs> and there were um, some things. Um, he wrote me an email. I'm going to kind of just go through them. Okay. Uh, there's two points I definitely want to get into. One, uh, he says asexual is a thing. He I knows told you. Of it. You said asexual doesn't even exist. I, I did not. <laughs> um... What do we have here? He agreed with you on Rico that he's basically, he needs to be like the man of something. David is so smart. Right. <laughs> um, okay. There was, if you remember, excuse me, at the end of the prior episode, um, they did the bonfire in yes. front of the house and started burning everything. Uh, something I forgot to bring up that was from the commentary. Well, I'll, I'll kind of write what he wrote. Um uh, he's put on his former LA resident hat. David used to live in Los Angeles. Uh, there's no fucking way they would have been able to do that in the city of Los Angeles. The fire department would have been called within 30 seconds. The police would have been called. There's a solid chance that at least someone would have been arrested. I couldn't agree with him more. You, Thought the same thing. You don't just have a bonfire in your driveway in LA. Of all the ridiculous things in this episode, I'm calling that the absolute worst. Couldn't agree with you more, David. And what's really funny about he's that, right about that. Well, you know, it's funny. Like I don't think that pertains just to Los Angeles. I don't. I think, think it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, in South Carolina, Charleston, you can do fires in your ditch. Like people are always burnt like leaves. It's especially this time of the year, yeah. and it's it's cool. Well, controlled it, it, burning. You know what's funny about that? I mean, we, what we didn't even take into context is. The, the 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 wildfires that's going on over there oh, now. Yeah. I forget which part of California it is, uh-huh. but yeah, like that whole state. Yep. Um, but especially in a you know super populated city like that. But uh, on the commentary, they had a deleted scene where the fire department actually does show up, <laughs> and all the fishers start talking to them. Yeah. Um, and I think David starts hitting on or gets hit on by one of the firefighters. Ooh. Um, so that was a a um thing that we kind of overlooked and David pointed it out. Um, what was I here? Uh, and he d- disagrees that the episode wasn't that bad. We just didn't have that much to work with. And we did make the best of it that we could. Thank you, sweet David. Um, I think that's most of... He agreed with a lot of what we said. He had his own thoughts. Um, yeah, there's there's something... Well, okay, there, this was the other thing. And I think... Some of it relates to this week as too is that he said he disagreed that the Keith and David stuff was not 
interesting. He thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, just to read exactly what he said, um, I disagree with Natalie <laughs> that the Keith David stuff is boring at this stage. There are a couple trying to figure out what works for them. It's subtle at this point, but the seeds are being planted for what happens between them later. He's correct. Uh, I will say, um, he says, it's somewhat of an oxymoron, I think that's the word, where he says, I disagree that it's boring at this stage. Uh, and then he says it's subtle at this point. I think the subtlety is what's making it boring. Yeah. Um, but he's right. The seeds are being planted and they are in a relationship trying to map it out. And I think next week, uh, is that's going to, some of it's going to come. Do you still not know what next week is? Still don't know. Okay. Next week. And, and we have to really, <laughs> this is funny to say on air, but, um, we really have to do next week's episode justice. Because it's like one of the most memorable episodes. Okay. I would say it's the most memorable episode after the finale. Got it's it. It's like one of the things people most Got talk it. about. I'm ready. So no pressure. <laughs> None taken. Uh, and I guess with that being said, we can get into the episode. Um, this death capsule was rather creepy. Uh, and just in typical Six Feet Under fashion where they there's all misdirects. Um, you know, the guy that comes out of the elevator, which we learn is Lawrence Mason, uh, the father of david x jennifer jennifer what did i say i yeah her she's name the was father jennifer. of yeah no, he's the father of jennifer yes who is david's ex-girlfriend and you know just the way he what does he say to her does he say you're pretty to her in the elevator he does and but, she quickly shuts that elevator yes and i think it's kind of funny like you know there's like total karma he like steals her umbrella so i think we should talk about that for a minute oh if you have something i, I had I nothing actually here i was do, going right into the um, episode obviously that's because i'm more fashionable than you that's a burberry umbrella okay <laughs> i mean right. that's definitely a burberry trench coat she's wearing uh-huh. love it and who puts their burberry umbrella in the public hallway like that and right. then goes up on an elevator do you know how much that thing cost no, yeah, and uh, yeah, no. And I, in this, I'm assuming this is an office building. I, I didn't know, like, yeah, it seems like it's it's not. It doesn't seem like it's an apartment complex because there was no other cars. Right, right. It could have been an apartment. So complex, did this right? guy work no, there it, too? Yeah. Um, it feels like an office building. You're right. You're right. Um, and you just put your Burberry umbrella there like that, girl. No, mm. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, well, because I would steal it. Right. Um, and then as karma would have it, uh, he takes the Burberry umbrella, umbrella. Right. And then he gets struck by lightning. Um, have you ever dealt with a case where someone got struck by lightning? Yes. Oh, you have really? Actually, I have. Interesting. Yes. I've handled elect- electric, electric, whoa, I can't say electrocution. the word. Electrocution. Mm-hmm. I've never handled um, something like this. Can that really happen? Just like that? How he's holding yeah, the umbrella? Yeah, he's got that top is metal. And it could radiate all the way down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's very, very rare. It's not a common um, occurrence. Obviously, right. when people say they've been struck, you know, you get struck by lightning, you should pay, play the lottery because yeah. it's so um, rare. Rare. But yes, it can happen. Uh, our episode starts out with David sleeping and he gets a call from his ex-girlfriend, Jennifer, um, that obviously her father that was in the death capsule has died. Uh, everyone. Well, let me start here because you start to say last episode. Um, do you have all your symbolism and all your, <laughs> I didn't see any symbolism. <laughs> no, in this there, episode. No symbolism there was none whatsoever. Okay. Uh, I don't know about symbolism, but there's definitely a theme of everyone gets waken up in the middle of the night, Ooh. except for Claire. You're so smart, but think about it, right? Cause Claire's the only one who doesn't. Yeah. Um, David here, obviously with Keith, Ruth and George. <laughs> I thought that seemed hilarious. Um, they, uh, Nate, you think the dream up. Yep. and then Brenda too because she has the dream um, <laughs> answering calls at night now correct me you did you ever take the phones at night as, I did. as a funeral director I did uh, was it like pricing calls oh, or, or did, you have to, did you have to take calls no uh, let, let, me, let me say this here let me say this here when I say take a call it's not literally just answering a call it's a call from a family they're calling the funeral home. They're calling the funeral home and at night. They, since your phone, the phones are forwarded to your cell phone. Right. Just because, I mean, uh, I guess some places when I was, when I was living in Pittsburgh uh, and, and going to school there, we stayed at the funeral home and someone always had to be at the funeral to answer the phones. Yeah. You no know, one got yeah. transferred. Most cases I imagine. And then today, today's technology, the phones get forwarded. Yes. Even when everyone leaves the office at five, six o'clock. Correct. Someone has the phones. Uh, so when you took phones, what were they? What was? What do you mean? Like you said, you, you but you didn't get pricing calls. Oh, I did. Oh, so we had an answering oh, sorry, I meant, service. I, I, meant, I meant, did you get take 
calls like my we mom had an answer we had an answering service so the questions about where do i order flowers when is time is a visitation those things were fielded um, quickly by the agents right but when somebody said i need to know how much a funeral cost or my loved one has passed away those are quickly dispatched to me yeah uh, like when I used to work my at all times of yeah. the night too. Uh, yeah. Like a PSA, don't call a funeral home at 8, 8, 8 PM to ask what the time, the visitation 12 is just Go because online. we answer our phone 24 <laughs> hours. There's a human on the other end and there is answering services mm-hmm. that will say, you know, they have their sheet that like the funeral home will fax over yeah. or email over of every yeah. services. But yeah, there, there's, there's other services where it is, uh, asking you know, directions at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, I when I was working trade, we would get calls, you know, straight up in the middle of the night and have to go out. Um, it was really funny that the guy, the guy who used to like dispatch the calls uh, back where I lived in New York, um, you know where everything is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like here in here in Florida. Like, you know, if I say whatever a hospital or an address, you know, if I give you if I give you a, an intersection, I ninety five and whatever, you know where it is. Uh, he used to he used to not like sending us out in the middle of the night because he didn't want to go out so he would be like um you know i'm trying to he would give us like the most popular whatever address famous intersection and he'd be like yeah yeah so if you make a right on this street <laughs> and it's like and, and you're and at that point you're still trying to like wake up and get off the yeah. phone um god getting a call in the middle of the night i could never the- sleep like that that was a, whenever i was on call that was a sleepless night for me there was no because i was so always so afraid i'd of miss a call. call yeah and i mean the alarms the tones are different because you go through yeah. an app and i mean they are they are tones that would wake anybody up mm-hmm. so and they they if you're sleeping it scares you yeah uh so i just would be a sleepless night for me and we, always a rough day at work the next we day. We used to have pagers oh. so when i started so this was about 10 years ago where pagers were i mean i guess they were fully out or whatever you want to say but uh you know they're coming less and less and then i just started you know having my you know obviously just the phones and i had a separate ring for like that and it would always wake me up yeah um yeah and you know it's funny uh this doesn't happen to us down here in miami but it's always even at night it's still warm (laughs) you know it's so hot yeah uh nothing was the worst getting a call in the middle of january at 2 a.m. And you have to go out in the fucking cold. Ooh. It was awful. I would never make and it some up of, north. And some of the funeral homes, their prep room didn't have heat. Ooh. You know, because like you can't you can't have an embalming room full of yeah, heat. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, just the worst. That water. Yeah. When you're embalming, you have to have water on the table and get your hands. Yeah. And like when you're embalming, you can't have like long sleeves. Yeah. Because that will get, you know. I'll get all over. One of the worst parts of it. Um, you know, no one thinks of that when, when you call funeral directors or whatnot. Um, David and Keith are talking. And basically, uh, do you remember Jennifer from the earlier season? I do. From Yeah. Um, David and Keith are talking and Keith says, um, every woman needs to go through falling in love with a gay man. It's a total female rite of passage. Do you agree with Keith? I do agree with Keith. Okay. You got nothing on that? Okay. Uh, David gets on David for not being out at work yet. Um, I think this is like the second or third episode. This we, we we didn't even talk about the fact that David had earplugs in his ears and, and heard guard. and heard his the cell phone go off. Oh wow! Maybe and vibrate. Then, I well, yeah, right. you, you can't hear vibrate, can you? <laughs> and then um, then he he said, "Hold on a second. He took his earplug out, and then she said, "Blah blah blah. Is everything okay?" Then he took his mouth guard out <laughs> for grinding teeth. And I want to tell you, here's a PSA. I think mouth guards are important. I wish I would have known that. I grind my teeth and I'm going to start wearing a mouth guard. Are you going to start wearing a mouth guard? I am because it really causes damage. Uh, I just want everybody to know that, that if you call me at three o'clock in the morning and I actually answer, I have a mouth guard in my mouth now. There, there, what a there, smart thing. There, There's a radio show, which is a podcast I listen to, and they make bets. And the bets that they always make is where the other person always controls the bet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring it here. Okay. By next time we record, yeah. I will guarantee you don't have a mouth guard. It definitely won't have a mouth guard. <laughs> you control, but it is a thought that counts. You, It doesn't. You control the stakes here. So you have full control of this bet. Okay. Well, and I don't know there's a mouth guard that's going to work for me. Right. Yeah. I will go week by week <laughs> that will you will not have the mouth guard. I'm yeah. too lazy to go to the store Your and PSA buy PSA is enough. meaningless. It's important, <laughs> but not important enough for me to do it. <laughs> Uh, when, when, when Jennifer comes in for arrangements, um, I, I really don't have much on it besides her husband is just a total douchebag. 
and obviously he's I don't think ma- he's a d-bag I just think that he's in, I mean he's, he told her like let's hurry this up I gotta maybe that's the way that he deals with grief uh I I, I mean I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm not, saying I'm not people- wrong <laughs> yeah I'm not and that's the way that he dealt that's the way he's dealing with it he's moving it along okay no 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 hold on hold on Mm-hmm. I, I don't say that I agree with it. I'm just saying he's not a deep bag. That's just the way he's dealing with it. Okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that anyone who hurries it up is, is there that that's, you're not allowed to handle grief that way. I totally get it. Some people don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And one day, right. I'm not in this episode. He's made to be a douchebag. He's not made to be that's like mired. Saying, no, but that's like saying like, no, like the, the character they're giving you, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be, you know, I agree with you on, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't at all. You I'm just confused. Said. <laughs> no, I'm just saying my point is this. Yes, I know that it was inappropriate for him to say that he has to be back at work at noon. But and he's not being very supportive. Maybe that's just the way that he deals with it. I think that's nice that you want to extend him that branch. But no, like he's he's the opposite of David. David would have sat there and worked through this. He's David's Dave, he David would have. But there's no part different. in the episode where he. You but maybe tell he's, maybe that's what they're showing is the opposite of David symbolism <laughs> and i'm boxed in <laughs> and you got boxed in uh i guess we could start with some of nate's storyline uh barbara is taking maya to legoland um <laughs> I, I guess there, there's something small that we can get into obviously a, a later podcast um that michaela has a book for david stiff have you read that book i have not i have it at my house i will loan it to you it's an excellent book i do recommend everyone reading it after victor's read it somebody else wants it, i'll be happy to mail it to you give me it's a, a great short book. a short so it talks is it like a, tales from the mortuary no or, or well, it's, like, it's i mean it's it's actually a, a very well written book about uh about death and and cadavers and you know there's a different you know what i'm saying like it talks about uh, cadavers that are used for medical research, for research purposes. It talked about, you know, um, plane accidents, how they figured out where people were sitting. It does talk about mortuary science. It talks, I mean, it was, it's actually very insightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, and actually, it was very well written. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of garbage trash books written about uh, yeah. death and so forth. This is actually a very good book. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I will be happy to loan it to you. I was always... Um, and if there's somebody else that wants it, I'll mail it to you. You brought that up twice. Is there something like hidden? <laughs> no, I, I had I had on? another friend that wanted it one time because they were interested because I had put it on my Instagram mm-hmm. and uh, I sent it to her and she she absolutely loved it. It's a, it's a very well-written book. I'm glad you brought up your Instagram. At what? Nat Loves Duncan. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only reason why I brought up the book was because it is a plot point much yes. later on in the season. Okay, I don't um, know that. What? I didn't know that. Oh, well, great. Now you'll see. Uh, I'm all about paying your share, as you know. <laughs> but they sure did get that 120. Yo! Yo! <laughs> like, she's like two. For her share of the, the hotel room? room? And, and, and he's so... creepy to begin with, with like his little joke that he makes, and Nate's like, oh, okay. Ahoy. Yeah. But I mean, come on, man. Cover that. You but, can't... Her hotel... Well, well, what is she going to get her own bed? Let me, let me say two things here. Like one, it should have been on Nate to be like, here's Maya and I agree. here's some money. I agree. Right? But when he says anything else, um, it should have been... You know, I think they were okay asking... Oh, you know, kind of been like, is there any special foods we need to give her or anything? And just... Yeah, they, they wanted 120. But I think that's kind of family stuff where it's like, I kind of just got screwed out of this money there. But yo, it's also family. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. there... You know, um, but her share of the hotel room. Like, yeah, that was that was incredible. Like <laughs> and if any of my sisters are listening, I really can't afford to pay for all of our six nieces and nephews. So don't play me. Let me get that 120. I'm a one income family here, folks. Okay. <laughs> um, when Barb asked if Maya likes to swim, I kind of yeah, winced at that. That was too. like, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. Know your audience. Know your audience. Um I guess let, let's let's because the next thing I have is when Nate shows up to um, Brenda's. Um, what what storylines? Let's goosebump what, our way well, through this. Um, aren't we gonna? Why don't we just go? Let's not goosebump. Let's just go through it. Let's oh, go through, just a straight yeah, up. You know, I'm getting tired of the goosebumps. Say cheese and die. Part, yeah. Part so three. The, we're moving on to the art scene. Who is the oh, actress? Going, okay, so we are. If we're interweaving, I gotta know. We're, wait, are we meaning we, like if we're gonna be jumping from? Wait, lines. it goes from Maya to um, the art scene. So uh, you know what? Yeah, you're driving this episode. Okay, no, I'm not, I don't. No, I don't no, want to drive. You, are, you know, I don't like to drive all night. I can't make a left hand turn all night. You've been. This isn't my contract. This is how I'm doing things. <laughs> I'm really bossy today. You really go. It's like I wore my management sweater here tonight. You, you have your management sweater on. Go ahead. Okay. Go. 
Uh, who's the actress that plays the art teacher? Because is she a pastor oh, in you Denver? Know what? I read it. Um, is she a pastor in Denver? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> because I really I did. no no. She's in on Game of Thrones. I read that today. She's one of. I Wait, what is who. she in Game of Thrones? I don't know. I, I forget. You mean who. I don't even know the GOT, huh? Um, GOT. Okay, uh, that would be Game of Thrones. Calling Game of Thrones GOT or- douche or no douche. <laughs> No, dude. I watch GOT on HBO. I watch GOT. Oh, you should say I watch GOT on home home box office television. <laughs> um, talk about this scene while I'll while I'll try to find out who well, she is. I don't in Game really of have a lot to say. I I thought that she was a pastor in Denver, like one of those pastors that have like tattoos on their arms, <laughs> because she's based out of Denver. I just saw it on a TV one time. Uh huh. And I don't. I just don't understand art. I don't get it. I cannot well, relate. Yes. I don't get the. I don't get the pictures. I don't understand symbolism. I don't know. I would have like my critique would have been like it's a nice cat. Well, I mean the way they talk about whether it's it's good or bad or if it's successful or not. I was just kind of like, how the hell do you know? I, I never understood it. I don't, that's why I don't understand how you can teach art. I guess you could learn technique. Like how to draw whatever better. I just, I never understood. I mean, I know that I work part-time at an art studio, but we're, we're repainting other people's pictures. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's fun, you know, uh-huh. and, and like, I, but I don't understand. I don't I just don't understand it. Like I would go to an art museum and I would look at it, but I don't really know what I'm looking at besides some like really pretty pictures done by really talented people. Still so that's the end of me driving that portion of the Oh, episode. you're not driving anymore? I'm still I don't trying know to find what else the... to say. Okay, well, um, let's let's stick with the Claire storyline then. Um, Russell doesn't have a mustache anymore. Oof. <laughs> Russell reminds me of this guy that I was talking to years ago that really creeped me out. That's why I can't stand to look at him. I've decided that tonight. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so we learn about new Claire Fisher. And, she and goes, she's very vocal. And she's very vocal and she's very confident. Um, she goes... Straight up and ask Jimmy out. She hits Jimmy. She hits him? Yeah. She's like that bro thing. Like she, you know, like pushes him and it's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> what That's what bros do. What does he say? <laughs> what's up? Gotcha. Uh, have you ever done this? Where you just straight up walked no. up to a guy and. No. Never? Why would I? Ask a guy out? Oh, ask a guy out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get a couple of vodka and club sodas in me <laughs> and I'm asking you to marry me. But I don't push somebody. You push me. I do push you. <laughs> you a um, lot. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Push me in the hallway all the time. Um, Knock over my coffee. <laughs> I like I like confident Claire. I, I like her. Like the more confident she gets, the more I like her. Okay. And it not like in the, uh, I think we talked about this last, or maybe two episodes ago. Not like in the, just like the fact that she's attractive. More like in her like personality mm. just that she's you know um more i don't want to say intense intriguing she's growing up yeah. yeah yeah um okay so when claire gets to jimmy's and yeah. they start making out making out second base <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh well, is this just to show claire is over the straight scene for a while. No, I why think this is he... to show Claire that Claire doesn't, that Claire is still young and still naive on some things. Wait, so in the two of them here, you, you blame, I can't find this actress name, but I know she's, I read it somewhere. She's from, oh, right, we get it. She's in GOT. Got it. So, um, I think that that, that scene with Jimmy and Claire shows you think Claire's... It was immature on Claire's part. I didn't say it was, imma- did I say immature? I said naive. She's not, she's not as, um, ground. She's not as grown yet. I would say she is grown compared to Jimmy because Jimmy, like, uh, this is uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah, then we're getting ready to hit the danger zone. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I want you to look at me with a straight face <laughs> no. because I'm ready to talk about this. I got no, notes. Won't. Okay. Uh, like, Jimmy should have, if that's Jimmy's thing, which mm-hmm. it sounds like it, it seems like it is, when he gets down with a woman, he likes to verbally talk about every single little thing. Right? Would you agree? He asked her what pleases her. That's a great thing to and, ask. Uh, no, okay, hold on, hold on. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Let's not even waste time. This is what it does. Okay. Do this. But what I say is he should read the room better. He should know that this isn't working for Claire. Because Claire doesn't know what she likes. I, uh, you know She's what? not experienced enough. Yes. She didn't know what she likes. Like, okay, I know women... That can say, I want this, 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 this is what I like. And then they would say back, and what do you like? Okay, now let's do it. But that comes with time. Right. To know what you like. Claire doesn't even do that thing personally that you would do behind closed doors. <laughs> I don't want to say that word around you, but she definitely doesn't do that. Right. So she doesn't know what she likes. She hasn't even had a big O yet. Right. I, I mean. He was asking her, 
what would you like? Because he wanted he wanted to give it to her mm-hmm. and please her right. and give her the big O. And the girl can't even say what she likes. I mean, yes. So I wouldn't have told her to leave because I'm still on this. I wouldn't have told her to leave. I would have said, well, let me show you what mm-hmm. I got. And you tell me what you enjoy. But isn't there a level of like, yeah, we could talk about it. Is it let's assume that this is kind of like the second time they're hanging out. in a, I think the first time hanging out alone in a personal setting. Okay. One-on-one. That's true. There's no wiggle room for like, can we kind of just get through this? And then maybe as we get more comfortable, mm-hmm. we can talk about it or no. It's yeah. first time here. Verbally tell me everything you like and I yeah. will do it. You know, I just, I guess that's, a, I don't know. That's, I, I no. <laughs> I, but I'm 37 years old. I'm done with all of this stuff. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, if you ask me, I'm going to be like, actually, this is, this would be nice. Okay. Right. And, and I appreciate it because I don't, you know, I don't need to, we don't need to go through the bad stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's not worth my time. But like I always say, <laughs> you have to get through the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. Or you could just, you know, recommend some good stuff <laughs> and then just kind of skip over the bad stuff. But uh, I, but that's, that comes with age. It comes with experience. She's just not there yet. That's all. She's not confident enough to say, this is what I would prefer you to do. You know, it's funny. I've been trying to get off this for like the past two <laughs> minutes and you just cut me off every time. I just, I'm just saying that that right there is like when I saw like her youngness, her innocence, her, okay, we will move on. At least you're not driving the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess the cl- sort, somewhat close off their scene. And let me say this too. Um, oh, I have to pause this here because I got to, I got to point out someone to you. Um. To your point, I didn't pick up on the fact that later on in the episode when Claire clearly is uh, very much like Ruth. Yes. In a teenager sense where, you know, she thinks she kind of has everything going and she just talks to one of her friends and it just... Because that's kind of the way uh, Ruth was the first like two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, is the word sexually oppressed correct? I don't think that she's sexually repressed. I just think that she's not sexually experienced yet. Right. It's going to come with time. Um yeah, that just reminded me of Ruth when they had that whole conversation they were painting. Uh, really quick, we have the dance scene of Celeste up. Do you do you know who Sean T is? The guy no. who does the insanity workouts? <gasps> yeah. Did you, did you notice him in this episode? No. He's one of the dancers. Is um, he? Yeah, I'm he's uh, one of the orange shirts. Okay. See him? Yeah. Love you know him. who that is? Uh, I, we are now talking about the scene where um, obviously they are looking at the dancers and it's Keith. Uh Giovanni and I, whoever the other black man is. Uh, you don't notice the guy in the middle? He's in another HBO Well, he's show. it's Bobby Cannavale, mm-hmm. the guy who did vinyl. Mm-hmm. Chip Rossetti from season three of Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. His wife. Is he a G-O-T? <laughs> uh, he's married to Rose Byrne, too, by the way. Um, oh, I love her. Yep. Also, I hate this scene. I thought it was a pretty gross scene with the what they were talking about with the young girls. And he said, uh, just don't film it. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> How about don't do that? It's a, a illegal and gross to be talking about. they're talking about. about having sex with underage girls? Yeah. he. That's when Keith, thank you, moral Keith, says, um, you better be checking IDs. That's not cool. Gotcha. And he goes, gotcha. don't, uh, as long as you don't record anything, right. that's disgusting. What was I listening to today? And I was like, whoa, this has, this would not last in today's time. Oh, nothing. Um, um, a Saturday Night I just thought that yeah. was super gross. Uh, Keith says he has sex five to six times a week. Now, there was an earlier scene in Six Feet Under, probably season two. Rico says he does it every twice a day. And you could tell he was kind of lying. Do you think Keith is lying here? No. You think he has sex five to six times a week with he David? He didn't say that he has sex. He said he gets his pole wet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fair. I mean, okay. I yep. wish I never uttered those words in front of you. I'm uncomfortable. Still not looking at you. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you know who Bobby Cannavale is. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, when, they're, when they're back at um, David's apartment, or Keith's house, rather, where they live together, Keith answers the phone. Um, Keith Charles. And I know this because I, I call people and they do the same thing. Answering the phone with your name. I can't stand that. <laughs> why do people do I it? I don't know why people do like that. Like you're not important enough, you yeah. know? And and the idea too of just being like, Victor. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, I got yelled at one time about that when I, in my former career in Denver, um, if you, like I had my own number. So if you called me or if you called my extension, you knew who you were calling. So I would say, Hello. Mm-hmm. And the boss was like, like the CEO was like, you need to announce who you are. I'm like, but you're calling <laughs> me, so but you're calling me. You yeah, get who you're yeah. calling. Yeah. I didn't, I don't like that. 
Uh, I mean, we are. I, I feel like we we've been on super repeat at this point, but they kind of have an argument about Keith coming out at work. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of just you know the change in characters that David used to be the one who was scared of coming out. Now yeah. it's Keith at work, um, and it's strange seeing Keith be like uncomfortable, mm-hmm. not confident about it. Yeah. Um, I did. <laughs> but I also I think it's this time that this was filmed, the years too, because I don't, you know, it was still an uncomfortable thing to do. I think just recently, you know, do people talk more about, you know, uh, their sexual orientation at work and, and have no fear about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're hundred percent people don't have any fear. It's still sometimes for some places it's still nerve wracking, but I just think that during this time, it just wasn't something that people were always so confident to talk about. Right. But I mean, this is season four, this is 2004. And what I'm saying is we have already gone through what Keith is going through we've gone through what Dave yeah went through and David's reminding him of that right but uh something that I believe it was Ken of uh this show is so gay podcast and and, and as other something I've definitely learned from this podcast that I did not know prior to starting it is the idea of you're continuously coming out mm-hmm. it's not you know I don't you don't get to come out to your family and that, the whole world knows. Yeah. You know, people at work, even when you're out in public, whatever, it's a continuous thing. And this is Keith now having to come out at yeah. work, you know. It's going to be real tough um, and real yeah. scary. <clears throat> um, when the fundraiser woman comes uh, to talk to Celeste. Love her. Totally <laughs> Ooh, think Celeste she, or the No, the fundraiser, fundraiser lady. Oh. I think she was wearing Chanel. Okay. Just, <laughs> just want everybody to know that. I'm a, I'm a fashionista tonight. The, you think the, the, the fundraiser woman is wearing Chanel? Yes. It looks like a classic okay. Chanel suit. Okay. okay. Well, I can't comment on that. <laughs> um, this is where you see the scene where Sean T. War, uh, walks out. And it's yes. him. But it's so funny how she stands up to Tel- Celeste and Celeste just shuts her down and then calls her a troll up. A bitch. The, the, uh, the, um, the fundraiser lady calls her a troll up. Yeah. It's funny. Um, this is the other part from David that I wanted to mention. Um, Celeste confronts Keith about peeing in the bathroom and, and part of David's email, he wrote, um, funny thing. I used to know someone in LA who worked with celebrities and they are very weird with things like using their bathroom. And Natalie nailed it when she said they might leave one thing slightly askew so they'll know if their space has been disturbed. Listen, I can't blame people for being weirded out about restrooms, people using your restroom. Yeah. I'm not, eh, I have a hard time in public bathrooms. Scares me. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. When Jennifer is with David uh, during the visitation. I just, I understand. (laughs) The way she lashes out at David, um, this is kind of what I wanted to talk to. And we went through something recently where David just takes it. You remember when she just lashing out of him? I hate that. He didn't take it this time. Yeah, he no, he took it. No, no, he re- he didn't take it. He no, responded he, to her appropriately. Right, which is what I'm saying is by taking it. Like when someone is emotionally or whatever charged, and they're yelling at you, and you know they're not yelling at you because, or you could hopefully you could understand that they're not yelling at you because she didn't really hate that David was gay. She didn't hate gay no, people. No, she was grieving. Yes, probably her husband wasn't helping yeah that we see in the episode which you clearly disagree with um no he was he was not helping the, i'm right. not disagreeing with that he was not helping uh, but that, and wasn't, her heart, him, that and wasn't her heart him grieving that was him being a douchebag and her heart was break her heart's broken over right. david yeah um so all that mixed up together <laughs> if you notice david went to go touch her yeah and like we spoke in the, the the prior episode where david tells arthur you know don't be a toucher it's too personal but he has a person he had a personal relationship with her right right i mean yeah, yeah it was a natural reaction um yeah i just think um this is kind of where like we sort of wear two hats where we're the funeral director and here he's i want to say he's a therapist and like you said he's part a uh, friend or they know each other uh, but like, I don't know. I just love the way David just takes it and he just says, I forget what is, what does he say in this scene? You don't hate that I'm gay. You hate that I lie to you. Yes. And see, I love David the, own, owning up to it. Yeah, but I don't think like, that, I don't think that he's taking it. I think he's, he heard what she had to say and he responded to it. Taking it would have been, he would have walked out of the room and just said, I'm sorry. He actually responded to it. Y- yeah. That to me yeah. is not taking it. That to me is, is, is confronting it and saying, Hey, you don't hate that I'm gay. You hate that I lied to you. But I'm talking, I guess. All right. Fair enough. The tone. Cause they could have that, com- that same conversation in a much more mild tone. I thought his tone was very mild. You didn't. Well, I'm saying she's yelling at him. Oh, she's yelling at That's him. That's what yes. I mean by he took it. Mm, if I okay. start screaming at you right now and mm-hmm. you just say, I appreciate it. Thanks. That's you taking it. 
you know, no, someone just, but I didn't respond you? to it. He, he, he responded to her right. being upset. Mm-hmm. He just said, it's not, it's not that I'm gay. I, I hate you hate me because of this. You don't like this. Right. He, he stuck up for himself. Yeah. Yeah. And again, credit to David for, for doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We did that. We did that. Want to, well, we did Claire already too. Um, I guess we could, well, let's go back to Nate. Uh, Nate shows up at Brenda's house mm-hmm. and Nate sees <laughs> Joe's feet in the background. Yeah. Uh, something I didn't pick up on until my second time around. I think Nate, let me ask you, why do you think Nate went there? Because he's lonely. Mm-hmm. Anything else? And she's else? safe. Yes, definitely safe. Yeah. Um, I think Nate was going over there for yes because he's lonely and i think he was also going there for sex because he kind of knows it mm-hmm. but he just learned about this joe guy um but he broke <laughs> the number one rule who did nate did which is you don't just show up you hotline bling it <laughs> i mean did has drake taught us nothing folks hotline bling it I can't believe you just call that hotline bling. I mean, that's what it is. Right. You can't just show up. Mm-hmm. Lord, people do not just show up in my house. <laughs> what? I have in my notes here uh, uh, the what Brenda and Joe are doing. This is literally <laughs> what I have written down. I think what most people I can ask if they've done this, but I'm scared to ask you on this <laughs> podcast, so I'm not. Well, because I have an answer for it. Okay, great. It's uh, in my notes. Brenda <laughs> is still clearly in love with Nate to invite him in, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about what Brenda and Joe are doing. Yeah. You get a knock at your door, which I think is a little bit more common in 2004. Today, it's like, what the fuck? Who's at my door? Um, Because you hotline bling it before Mm -hmm. you come over. Uh, Brenda's still in love with Nate. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like still. Yeah. Um, Nate's talking about Maya and (laughs) he's basically just talking just to have an audience. The one thing, and I guess to kind of show that, I mean, while (laughs) Brenda's still in love with Nate, but Brenda and Joe are on the couch and they have like their hand on their knuckle. And they're both in the same form. Like they're both sitting the same exact way. They look like little uh, duplicates. Um, we'll see that when we still have the episode on here. Joe mentions that when Nate leaves, um, Nate resembles a wounded dog with a cone. Yeah. And then we see in the next, the, the scene that literally is Nate smokes at the cemetery and mm-hmm. then the dog shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also something I read, which definitely... Uh, contributes to next week. Dogs start to play a huge role in this season, which I never even picked up on in this show. I did read about that. Um, I don't know what it means, but... Yeah. Well, because they're like man's best friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't get the whole dog psychology thing. You know I'm not a dog person. I know. Um, that being said, I busted out laughing when Nate's looking at the dog. And he just goes, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just found that so silly. Mm-hmm. This this Nate going to his psychics. Um, let me start here. Psychics. Uh, yay or nay? Okay. I knew you were going to talk about this. So I have a story for you. I have two stories for you. Hit Do you want to hear it? Hit me. I am for psychics like Sylvia Brown. Do you know who she was? No. Obviously, you never watched Montel Williams. Obviously. Um, and then there's another psychic that I think is on A&E that, you know, talks to, to the deceased and so forth. When I was in high school, I went to a psychic and I paid um, like $35 to have my fortune read. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, listen. And I got there and I mean, she could obviously tell that I was 18. I was desperate, obviously very lonely, you know, going through awkward phase of growing up and so forth. And she told me that I would never find true love. Mm, But mm. if I gave her $300, she would give me Chris. This is a true story hand to God. She would give me crystals that I would put underneath my pillow. And then my, I, I would actually get a soulmate and I made an $80 deposit. <laughs> and did you did ever I, deposit the <laughs> remaining $220? No. When I got into my Toyota Corolla drove away, I thought, Oh my God, That's four I, just, gas tanks. <laughs> I just gave away $80. And then the next time I did it, it's when I lived in Denver. You did this again? <laughs> Again, I did it again in my twenties. Burned badly enough the first oh, time. Man. Let me do it again. The next time I did it, so both my parents were deceased by this time, and uh, I was still, you know, overwhelmed about my dad passing. So I just happened to walk in, and she told me that um, 
um, she said that my dad and my mom love my dog, um, that they're always watching over me. Uh, she just knew like she, but I, now I knew she was asking me probing questions to find out what's going on. And also I was wearing a sweater that had my dog, his name was yummy green clink. And he had, uh, I had dog hair all over my sweater. <laughs> so wait, so like I totally spent another like $55 again. So no, I don't, these like, I don't know. I'm yes and no. I love Sylvia Brown. Not sure about these places that are on the side of the road. Do you think there's an actual human ability to have this medium like yes certain, you oh think, yes. you think certain humans absolutely are enabled to channel the dead spirits yes i can't even say that without fucking I, yes i do you really believe I that do. truly that some people can i do feel i do mm-hmm. you know and i did it again when i lived in ohio i called miss cleo do you remember that call call me with your problems call miss cleo do you remember that you called Mrs. Cleo. It's back when you didn't have cell phones and you dialed one nine hundred numbers, and MCI that was long distance carrier because I got the bill for five minutes. It cost me fifty bucks, and she told me that I was going to be a fitness instructor. And if you know me, no, yeah, okay. So I did it three times in my life. You called Mrs. Cleo. Miss Cleo doesn't answer. By the way, it's one of her um, associates. But yeah, they said I was going to be a fitness instructor. I mean. I am, as we're recording in my apartment, you could look around at the dumb things I've spent money on. <laughs> There's a lot of stupid things I've spent money on, which have memory and, and, and meaning to me. We're, we're <laughs> I know. Listen, I know. I haven't done it in my 30s, okay? Um, I don't think that's a brag. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a brag. There's still, we still got a few more left of your 30s. <laughs> I can't believe you called Miss Cleo. I did. Um, I did. $55 later. MCI. I guess if we're sharing psychic stories. Okay. I went to one against my will. Okay. So don't judge me. Uh, let me explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this famous psychic in New York City. His name was Raymond. If you're anywhere near New York City uh, or, or whatever, it was like a thing to do. Everyone knows Raymond. You went to his apartment, him and his partner, and he had this like amazing apartment super gay you know but like that was like part of like the the i don't want to say the gag the, the the fun in it the excitement whatever and his shtick was he would like put out a next card and he's like and he would just scribble something and he's like you got uh you know you're there's a person watching over you oh wow look at this guy knows everything and he would just, is your mom's name this and i i was like is your mom's name maria and he would just the way he had it scribbled it, like my mom's name could have been Maria or it could have been like Esther <laughs> and he would have been right on both, you know, mm-hmm. um, such a, I, I don't believe no, there's nothing you could show me, tell me, prove to me that a psychic or any human has any ability to channel that. I believe absolute in it. bullshit. I believe in it. Absolute. I believe in it. Bullshit. But in this episode, that whole thing with the dog being in the cemetery and him leading Nate—that's a—that's a whole scam that she has set up. But oh, is wow. it? I didn't even. But is it though? Like she sends. No, like apparently it's a no. No, listen. She's apparently it's a thing. I was reading some background about this. Apparently it's it's kind of like a, a hype thing. Like dogs can get trained to go out there and kind of lead Fair you enough. back. Yeah. This is like a true thing. Okay. But when he goes and sees her, she says some weird things to him. Yeah. You know, because she probed, and I'm sure she could, I mean, come on, you find somebody in the cemetery. Right. Granted, he was running, but you know that there's obviously a death that did occur. Right. And um, she says she's she says she's looking for you and water well that's how lisa passed was was water yeah so that's that kind of has me on the edge but i also reading into this i think this was like this is a thing that happens well let me ask you if if i said if this is too uncomfortable then let me go if i said if i was a psychic and i was like father water wouldn't you almost instantly make that connection? The only the only way I would make it is because my father was in the Navy. Well, that's what, what, what yeah. I'm saying is you could say anyone in water and yeah. someone would be like, oh my God, Victor lives near the beach. <laughs> like, like, yes, water. Good Got point. It. Like, I still water is in anything. Like, I you know? Hey, hey, that's, that's, that's why Look, she... see the way they're exactly... We're uh-huh. looking at the Brenda and Joe scene and they're literally sitting on the couch the same exact way. Yeah. Um, yes, Nate, I do believe in psychics. Oh, God. Okay. Well, uh, Nate wakes up in the middle of the night to a phone call. I fuck I, and every single one of Nate's dream every time it comes up on an episode I'm like oh that's the worst dream to have because his prior dreams were that like 
Lisa just walks in. Yeah. And it's so real. Uh, I hate this phone call thing. Lisa keeps saying the number three. Well, she says it once. The number three is not important. You got anything on that? No. You got nothing. That's such like a, I, I, I'd have to probably sit there and think long and hard why three means anything. Um, but, I mean, we get a scene where Nate talks to, to Claire about it and, you know, just the idea of, yes, it could be possible. Anything could be possible, right? Um, but when Nate tells Barbara about it and she kind of like just like tells him to basically fuck off and whatever. I don't know. I thought it was kind of mean. But maybe she knows something. Maybe the number three means something to her. And we'll find out about it sooner or later. The number three means something to who? To Barbara. Didn't he say that to her? Nate walks up to her and says, hey, I think Lisa's still alive. Oh, he didn't say Lisa said number three. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Well, maybe Barbara's been having the same dreams. And that's why she's so upset about it. Yeah. I don't. But listen, people aren't aren't into this psychic i mean people get opposed are very opposed to it so i get it too i'm um i can't with no offense to you i can't no no i'm not it's i spent i remember spending 80 bucks on it and being like oh now listen i got taken three times in my life okay hey i'm not a fitness instructor obviously (laughs) uh maybe if i would have bought those crystals i would have a soulmate so maybe Maybe. i do regret that if that person is out there uh natalie (laughs) we're gonna crowdsource crowdfund the the remaining 220 dollars let me get those crystals i need a soulmate we'll get her uh soulmate yes uh i guess we can move to ruth and george are we are we gonna skip over um, Sophie? Uh, we were gonna get to Rico's storyline. Okay. I figure we can knock out. No, Ruth let's go and to Ruth and George. Uh, Ruth finds another piece of crap at her doorstep. Like I'm over the um, fecal matter. Right. I'm done with this. Right. And I think that's why it's they finally this episode they, they told us who it was, um, and that's where you know she said that we she's gonna talk to a lawyer and we get the reveal that this is Arthur's son Kyle. Imagine being married. And afterwards, finding out there's a child that your partner had. Imagine your partner knowing all along who this is, and you've been sitting there yeah, blaming Arthur about, that. about it, yeah. and then all of a sudden this comes up and when Arthur you want to get the authorities involved. Yeah. Come on, George, that guy's such a. Ugh. Um, I, I guess there, there's, there's sort of two things here, where um, I don't know if you could call it symbolism or kind of. Just the prior episode, like a parallel play. Um, here she is. Is that Chanel? That's Chanel. Chanel. Okay. Chanel. Um, parallel, parallelograms. That's from The Sopranos. Um, Arthur has a kid that he didn't want. Well, rather he wanted, but didn't want him. Right. Right. Kind of, right. And you have Brenda and Joe wanting a child. Yes. And it's just interesting how the whole. I guess when you're including all three of, <laughs> just the whole. There's a huge circle of, of it makes us feel like a TV show and sort of like a soap opera. We'll get to it when we get to Margaret and Olivier. Um, Ruth wakes up George in the middle of the night. Um, I love that Ruth wears pajamas, <laughs> like legit mm-hmm. pajamas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it was funny how she woke up George. Uh, I'm trying to, I just remember laughing. I forget what. I think she said, if you're hiding any other wives or any children. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think so. Obviously, when when we, when they go to meet Kyle in the hotel room, mm-hmm. first of all, it's a kid who never leaves his hotel room. Has a seventy-five hundred dollar espresso machine, cappuccino right. machine. I found it funny that his motel he never leaves it, but it's also called the Safari Inn. That was uh, ironic. Um, I think they're setting up now. Realizing what happens later, they're setting up the storyline that even. Do you remember Maggie? No. Okay. When Maggie comes into play, uh, I don't know if I'm spoiling this for you. It's it's, it's a, I mean, you could kind of tell already, but George is sort of fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, and you know, here we just get the idea of like, oh, the family wanted nothing to do with me. They took my son away from me and all that. I think what it's this is kind of sort of be on our on our our uh, background is, I think everyone knew George was crazy, and I think now he's so well at hiding it mm-hmm. <laughs> that Ruth couldn't catch up on it or maybe she was so blinded for it whatever um <laughs> when Ruth sets up that she got in touch with Kyle George gets really upset mm-hmm. that she went through his address book the hypocrisy of George hid a son from her but he's mad at her yeah. for going through his yeah. address book but he's selfish like that i mean he it's only about him right Kyle's messed up because of George 
and we won't know that until later on. You think George, you know, Kyle was messed up from birth or whatever, like yeah, just a yeah. seclusion, but we'll find out that he's messed up because of George. And that's what's kind of like the whole tinkering of everything is. Um, yeah. And again, it's after that scene that George wants something to do with his child. The next scene is, and it's the end of the episode when cuts to Joe saying, I want children yeah, with you, yeah. Brenda. Yeah. Brenda, Joe and Margaret or Rico? Rico. Rico. Um, well, I guess we could sort of start his storyline with that. He's embalming Mr. Mason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing a restricted site embalming. I didn't know that. I've never known anybody to do it. So well, why not just raise? Well, yeah, that, that was my do a multiple site injection. Well, that was my thing is you usually your, your carotid artery, your carotid or your femoral is one of your first arteries you start with. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the yeah. biggest arteries. And what Rico's essentially doing is embalming each part separate. Yeah. Raising the different arteries. Um, I just, I would think most, for an electrocution, that guy didn't look that bad on the table. No, he looked good. Like, you know what I mean? He's not, um, Mm -hmm. so I just found it odd that, you know, usually we just go for the crowd and then go from there. You know what I found odd was the um, machine was not on. There was no pressure. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Do you know what, have you ever seen that kind of machine? We have that. Had. No, we still do. We use, that's a backup. Oh. It's a Dutronic. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. I've used them. Okay. They have pulse on them as well, too. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she, Ruth can't find Arthur's number. Mm-hmm. And I find that in that day and age where Arthur was the resident, the intern, the whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. his number more than anyone was the home phone number. Well, would have been plastered everywhere. Yes. So they've been like, hey, we got to call. Intern. Yeah. We got to <laughs> call, call Arthur. Everyone yeah. would have known his number. Oh, yeah. You know, call the intern. Yeah. Arthur, the, the tree's got to be Arthur, trimmed or whatever. Arthur, Starbucks. <laughs> Venti, iced coffee, extra creamer only. Yeah. Don't you dare um, come back with sugar. Um, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of like, eh, someone dropped the ball here. Yeah, they did. Everyone would have known, you know, in a funeral home, everyone's number is plastered everywhere. 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 In every single funeral home I've ever been at. I've been to... I'm not trying to sound like Ari or whatever here. I just know I've been to a lot other, more funeral homes just because of the, the trade job I had than you. And in every single funeral home, at every desk, in the entire funeral home, there's just a list. And it's so funny because it still happens. It has home, cell, and then pager. Oh, gosh. And everyone's pager now is like crossed off. Yeah, but yeah. everyone has like, it's the home and cell. Uh-huh. Some people and now everybody's home number is crossed off, right? Because yeah. who has a home <laughs> phone number? But that list is in every single funeral home. And people who don't work there anymore, you know, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, the fact that uh, Ruth can't get in touch with Arthur is just something silly. Um we basically Rico spending time with Sophia, and then when he gets home, all of Vanessa's kids are away. Uh, well, his and Vanessa's kids. What did you want to talk about with Sophia? Nothing. I'm just, you know, she's calling him at work, saying that they miss him, um, and that Nicole, she's using Nicole as bait for sure. And uh, who's Nicole? The bait, the girl, oh, okay, little girl. Okay. And she's smoking a cigarette oh, in the yeah, same yeah. closed room in front of a child. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but she's using her child as bait 100% to get him over there. And I didn't like the whole, I mean, you know, I, I didn't like the whole scene of him sitting down with, with them as a family versus his own family. Yeah. You know, I mean that I just, when he came home to Vanessa, my heart just broke. And I think, I think when he walked through the door to Vanessa this time, he felt it and, and, and he knows it and it's coming soon. It's coming. She's, she's almost done. Sophia's almost done. Uh, I wouldn't even say that they're at their height. Rico and Sophia. No, they're done. They're, you, they're done. They're done. Um, I think they're done. I, I read through like the capsules of what's coming in the next few episodes, and just from my memory, that there's still more. Like, I is think there? I think they're still on the rise. Yeah. Just from from my memory and reading yeah. capsules, uh, I think I'm definitely repeating this from prior episodes. But I think this is like I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Vanessa. It's almost the worst kind of cheating. Yeah. And we talked about this. Yeah. That it's it's. You're spending time and money. Yeah. Like, it's almost like I could give you the two of them. You would rather him just have slept with her and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like, you spending know. Spending money, spending family time, you know taking away from all, your own family. And all the lying. The lying. I was oh, working God. late. I was doing this. Um, but so much, <laughs> it's feel, it sounds, feels so funny coming out of my mouth. Credit to Sophia for playing Rico. Oh, she's so good. Because 
if you remember, they hung up their phone call, and Rico was like, uh, talk to you later, Vanessa. And Sophia's like, what? Yeah. So, you know, who do you think? Um, but when they're at the service, she calls Rico, and Rico, it's the first time he kind of gets uppity with her. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Call me. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. And right there, she's like, I'm sorry. I never want to make you mad. I never want to. And it, you see, re- everything just changes, yeah. you know? She's yeah. fucking good. I'm, I'm admiring. I never got to appreciate this before because I was kind of like, I know what's going on here. But now I actually see. You know what it is, too? Uh, this is one of those moments where being older helps watching it. Because when I was younger, I was like, yo, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But now it's like I understand how much she's or what she's doing to Rico. Mm-hmm. It's just, ah. She's a hustler, baby. <laughs> she is. Um that Thanks was from 90s that. rap. Thank you. That was 2000, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brenda, Joe, and Margaret. Uh, Brenda and Joe are over for dinner. Uh, and this is what I was talking about, the sex tree. Because you have Margaret, Russell, Billy, Claire, Brenda, and Nate. Mm-hmm. You have Nate slept with Brenda. Uh, Claire slept with Russell and Billy. Russell slept with Olivier. And Olivier is now sleeping with Mrs. Margaret Chenoweth. Um, something like that is what makes it feel like a TV show. Yes. Because like you realize that would just be like if everyone where we worked was sleeping with each other. <laughs> I'm just that saying like, you know, like that's, that's, that's what makes it feel like a TV show that it's so close circle that all these people and I guess while that does exist, right? You have groups that whatever. Um, I guess this is Los Angeles too which we should somewhat take into account. What does that have to do with anything? Um... The whole Hollywood vibe, you know, just everyone. I don't know. I, I just feel like that. If that, if circles like that were to exist, I feel like that would exist over there more than other places. Nope, you're not agreeing with me. I think it can exist everywhere. Uh no. I think you have more towns that are more, you know, one person rest of your life sort of thing, and clearly not here. Mm-hmm. No. Uh I can't stand Margaret. I, I never liked her. And this whole idea, she's like, you know, hey, don't fuck this up. Mm-hmm. And the entire dinner, she's just ripping Margaret. Um, I feel like if I was her age, if I feel like age? that's me. Margaret or Brenda? Uh, Margaret. Okay. I feel like that's me in my older years. If I had a child, that's exactly <laughs> who I'm going to be. I'm going to, if I had a child, be, be like that critical, drinking wine in a fabulous outfit, great cosmetics, <laughs> and have a handsome boy toy with good eyebrows. This is my future, folks. Would you but also... I, but it's not my future. It's not your future. No, it's not. <laughs> but if you had those crystals... <laughs> but if I had those crystals, it could have been my future. I think... And she's done it quite a few times. I think Margaret calling Joe the wrong name. I think she calls she him She does Jim. on purpose. Yes. That's a power play. It's also one of the worst things you could do. I don't know, Nelson. I think that that's the <laughs> You definitely had that written down. Is that in your notes? No. no. <laughs> it's, just, it's definitely not James. It just came out. It's a power play. <laughs> you could have gone Vincent, Vito. You went Nelson. <laughs> <I've> never- <laughs> I don't have my inhaler. Oh, calm it down, calm it down. You'd be like, oh, God. I know. I'm so funny, Tim. I know, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> that was really funny. Nelson. I was watching The Simpsons. I don't think I've ever met with Nelson in my entire it's life. It's The Simpsons. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, now the world knows I snored. Oh, God. I laugh. Okay. Shout out to all the Nelsons out there. <laughs> Shout out to the Nelsons. <laughs> um, later that night, Brenda and Joe are in bed. And again, this is where you have people waking up in the middle of the night. Brenda wakes up to a vision of Nate with a cone and holding a baby. Um, I don't know. Just a lot of wanted babies and unwanted babies here. Um, anything on their storyline before we close out this episode? No. Okay. And I guess <laughs> really... Um, Shortly put that Joe very adorably tells Brenda he wants kids and she just sort of kisses him and that closes out our episode. One thing I wanted to mention really quick, Jillian, who I did the the season three finale with, she made a great observation that this show fades to white. Usually you have scenes that fade to black that or like blend into the next scene. Oh, what a good observation. Wait for Jillian. And every single time it happens, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, she's right about that. Uh, anything before we get into questions uh, about the episode? No. 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 
Not in all your notes you have over there. Well, scribbled. we just skipped over a lot of stuff, but like, what do we skip over that you wanted to discuss? I don't know. I just, now's, I just feel like we now's just, the time. I just feel like we skipped over a few things, but I mean, we did hit it. It's just like some um, points that I was going to make, but at this point, it's just not important anymore. So nothing. A few things. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Ruth, kudos to her. She pronounces harassment correctly. Most she pronounces not. what? Harassment. It's not harassment. It's pronounced harassment. I really appreciated that. Did you not know that? Um, the word is not harassment. It's harassment. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. I learned that in mortuary school. And, um, okay, we can move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just like that. Oh, and I think that, um, I think that Nate, when he went over to Brenda's house unexpectedly, I think that he's do, he's definitely going through the stages of the, of, uh, of grieving. Don't you think? Like, don't you think he's more at acceptance right now? But, but then he's not. Then he flashes back and he goes to denial. Oh boy. Like he's kind of stuck at those things right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I guess he's just at the stage where he's willing to hang on to anything. Even like you saw in the prior episode, Skylar wants to sleep with him and he's just kind of like, oh, this is going to be great. I'll sleep yeah. with you in your sheets. And it's kind of like, no, no, I just no, think it's up. strange for, especially for somebody that went and received her um, human remains and like it was verified by her, by his brother that that truly was her, that he's still, he's got that whole still denial thing. You know what I mean? I, I guess it's the idea of closure where mm-hmm. while everything was confirmed, I could totally believe and by holding on to that like it didn't happen because that wasn't really her it was part mm-hmm. of her you know mm-hmm. um would you like to get into a question yeah okay uh david again wrote in and i guess i will read it um word for word when a person dies with a pacemaker or really anything with a battery inside what happens that to that prior to burial and i'm going to add here cremation I'm just assuming it would come up and be removed at the coroner or at least while you guys are doing what you do to prepare the body for burial. And I have a bonus question after that. So pacemakers. Do you want me to answer this? Uh, go ahead and answer it because I have something to tack on to it. Okay. It depends. Um, if they are going to be buried, the pacemaker will stay intact. If they're going to be cremated, it's written our cremate, cremation authorization that we would remove the pacemaker. Um, and at this time, the pacemaker uh, is stored because you cannot legally do anything else other with it. Why do we take out the pacemaker during cremation? Because it will cause an implosion during the the, cremation process and the retort and damage the retort. What I wanted to add to it is why don't we remove it for burial? Well, there's two things I want to add here. Mm -hmm. Why don't we remove it for burial? Because they're not, because of it. No, it's not that because there's not heat source. It's, it's like burning a, it's a, a battery pack and and there's not going to be i mean there's nothing that's going to happen you cannot cremate somebody with the pacemaker inside you're going to cause major damage the reason why i'm saying that is because the same way i've been in a lot of funeral homes and every single embalming room i've been in you just have that random yeah it's because you can't do anything with them i mean i mean think about if we could send that to countries that need them or places that but you're not you're not allowed to do that that sound i made by the way that sounded like a police car uh siren uh, is it, is the pacemaker going off because it's not connected? Correct. And I don't sending fully understand what a pacemaker does. I've never sat down to like whatever. It sends a shock to the heart when the heart stops. Gotcha. Uh, I will say, and it's the first time it ever happened, uh, that we returned a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. You remember this? Oh, I've done it numerous times. Families have asked for it back. Yeah. To you can give it back to the family. To pinpoint the time. that had never. I had never. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family asked for the pacemaker back. Sure. And they brought it to the doctor and they were able to pinpoint everything, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I just realized we're probably coming up upon where something like that with GPS and iPhones and chips and all of that. Yeah. Where the exact yeah. time moment and all that stuff. Well, they you can know? pinpoint yeah, that stuff that's now. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his bonus question was literally what happens to it? Can it be buried with the body or is that simply not done? Would it be given to the family? Would it get recycled without question? Yeah. Yeah. It would be buried for sure. You wouldn't remove it for a burial. Um, and for a cremation, you have to remove it. And again, it's written in there and the family understands that's going to happen. And also, um, because a lot of times families don't read those, uh, authorizations Uh, at least I do I don't know I can't speak for all funeral directors but I always ask um, with the cremation family does your loved one have a pacemaker right and then at that point I'll let them know that I will have to remove that and if they ask for it back I'll give it back to him otherwise it's stored because again at this time we can't you know you can't do anything with them you can't send them overseas to countries that need them you can't you can't do you can't recycle you can't do anything with them yeah 
I just uh, I'm just thinking of every every embalming room I've ever been in. There's yeah, it's a like constant that, noise. It's like part like mm-hmm. if they really wanted to nail a detail in this show, you mm-hmm. just had pacemakers going off in the mm-hmm. embalming room and yeah. never say anything about it. Yeah. Uh, and the only time you know it's really funny. The only time you ever notice a pacemaker going off is when you have a new hire. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's that? Yeah. And like, oh, it's a pacemaker. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, that wraps up our episode. Anything else um, for you, Natalie? No. Your Instagram name is at Nat Loves Duncan D U N K I N, and your Snapchat Natalicious. <laughs> uh, I uh, we are on Twitter. We are at Digging Podcast, and our email is Digging Six Feet Under at gmail.com. Uh, definitely write in if you have any similar questions. Good question, David. By the way, yes, very good question. Uh, it's next episode. Oh, it's the day before Halloween. I promise you, next week, next week's episode is rather big. And whatever. Uh, okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under.